it feels as though through the songs, the prayers, the prophetic contributions, the scriptures, thank you Chris, the scriptures we referred to, that um, the, the sermon I've prepared this morning has been more than adequately spoken, so it's my joy to reinforce things God's already saying, rather than try and uh, create something. Oh, well, Happy New Year to you. So many of you uh, spoke to, invited friends to Christmas events, messy Christmas, homes, uh, hospitality, our carol service, uh, New Year's Eve party. Oh, we had a great time in here, New Year's Eve, worshipping and praying with a crowd as the New Year crossed over. Uh, thank you. Well done. Um, don't be disappointed if your friends didn't come. I invited some who came, some who didn't come. I'm still praying for them. I still love them. Uh, remember, the responsibility isn't ours to make stuff happen. Our responsibility is what? It's faith and obedience, isn't it? So we get to pray. We get the joy of inviting. The rest is up to the Lord. Just keep living for Jesus, looking like him, trusting him. Let me hear an amen, please. So uh, here we are. Uh, our, as I said earlier, our 20 days of prayer and fasting for 2020 have, have started. Um, did you hear the start pistol go off? It's not that kind of race. Chris brought a great word earlier uh, when we were praying uh, down the corridor before the meeting. She come and pray with us at 9.30. It's a good time. Uh, it's not that kind of race that we're in. We're not going to wear ourselves out in a sprint or even a marathon. I've run a few of those. I know how to do them badly. I'm trying to learn how to do them well. It's not that kind of race. It's a long haul uh, run where we get to stop and rest and refresh Along the way, that's what our encounter nights are for, actually, even at the start of this time. We're, we're not throwing ourselves into some mad praying frenzy at the start of the year, hoping we might twist God's arm. We, we come with a rhythm and a pattern of rest and enjoyment and refreshing. That sounds good, doesn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm up for that uh, tonight. I'm just going to teach very simply a few verses out of Isaiah 54. I may not get through it um, all, all now. Maybe we'll come back and touch a few bits to, tonight. Uh, as well. But just to, to say again, um, I've just been encouraged to, to tell the story because it was uh, four and a bit years ago now, November 2015, I was flying out of Cluj, Napoca Airport on a comfortable Wizz Air flight. Um, Wizz Air are great. Uh, and uh, I've been working for years with, with, a, with a great group of churches uh, there. And it was coming towards the end of the year, and I was just reflecting in my seat, just thanking God for, uh, I was just aware of it in a number of areas in my life and in the church where he'd worked powerfully uh, some, in some significant kind of market areas through that year. And I was just thanking God, and straight away I felt the Holy Spirit just uh, tell me to, to think on uh, much further back in my life and in, in, for Kaz and me and the, and the family and the last kind of 20 years from when we first went in our mid-20s to help plant the church and just to begin to recount that not only had it been this year, November 2015, but also over the years, in, even in the tiny things where we first learned to trust God for his faithfulness, for things like finance and uh, the renting of buildings for church plants and, um, and uh, for seeing the, you know, praying for three years to see the first one saved and added and baptized and, and, and praying week after week after week to see a healing breakthrough and then suddenly seeing a flurry of amazing healing miracles and and praying and praying for three or four years to see our, our, our white middle-class church change in six months to being 50-50 black, Asian, and, and white. That's not 150. Uh, that's 50-50 as in black and Asian and 50 white. But it was still a miracle nonetheless. And they, it, they were small things. But boy, we had to learn to battle in faith. And I just, 
as I sat on the plane, I was, I was just writing, I felt God say, write these things down. I wrote them down and I just began to track over the years between those first days, I mean, what, 21, 22 more years ago now, uh, right up to the, the present day as it was in November 2015 and just seeing from the lesser to the greater, from the lesser to the greater, time after time, the faithfulness of God in some of these key areas in our lives personally in the faithfulness of God, but also for the first, uh, for the church family as well. And I, I just became so grateful as I sat in my seat. I was a bit teary. And those of you that know me know I, you know, I cried watching High School Musical. Uh, so it's, it's not a new thing. That's a, it's just a beautiful film. Um, but, uh, but I was just quite overwhelmed with the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and very aware that, oh, wow, we're fighting bigger battles now because of the ground we fought for back when, when we thought this is it, we're going to stand or fall. They were the days when we learned to contend in prayer and fasting. They were the days where, to use David language, we, we fought lions and bears just looking after a few sheep up on the hillside in Oldham in order that we might fight Goliath in a bigger context down in the south of England. That, that's where it was grounded. And I, was just, I became overwhelmed with the goodness of God, uh, reminding me of, of what he'd done up to this point. And, and I just, as I sat there, I was writing these things down. I felt God say, write the story. I wrote it down on my phone. I don't, I'm not like a teenager. I don't write very well on my phone, but I had nothing else to write with at the time. My iPad had no charge. And uh, I just felt, I, I sensed the Holy Spirit begin to say to me, hey, all this has been great, but in the year 2020, I wasn't thinking about 2020, it was November 2015. In the year 2020, do you believe me for a multiplication on what we've seen up to this point? And I, I, I said, uh, it was as clear as that. I said, yes, God, I do. And I just I felt God say, uh, just write down in these key areas what we've seen this year. And I, I wrote down, God, we've baptized 14 people this year. Straight away, I felt the Holy Spirit say, do you believe me in 2020 for the privilege of baptizing 140 people? I said, God, I, I don't know of any church in the UK other outside of mega churches that lives in that world. I, I've not lived that kind of life. I've not been part of that kind of church. It's impossible but I sat on my, on my seat on the airplane and I said, God, I, I believe you for it. Would you help me believe you for it? Uh, and some of the things that we're singing about and pressing into this morning were birthed in my heart on that day. Um, we, we, <laughs> God, I believe you for planting more churches. Do you believe me to plant a church in 2020? Yes, Lord, I do. Um, we, we'd seen some leaders developing. We were about to, to, to pray in our first eldership team here in our time here. There have been plenty of good ones before our time. I felt God say, do you believe me to identify? release, raise up, send out more leaders. God, yes, I do. Um, I, I, I prayed personally on my notebook. I, I, I keep a note of things I've done. I, I prayed for 150 people in 2015 outside of the, the church. And I felt God say, do you believe me for the privilege of praying for, for 1,500 people outside of the church, for God to heal them, bless their lives, touch them with his love? I said, Lord, I don't know how to do that. And I, I don't know how to shape a church that would live in such a way. We're not that kind of people. But yes, I believe you. Will you help me, please? Uh, I wrote that down as well. We just uh, earlier that year given away 6,000 pounds as a church. It was an amazing gift uh, and into the kind of apostolic family that we're a part of. And, and I felt God say to me do you believe me for, yeah well done with your gift and I was thinking back to 20 years ago where we prayed and fasted for weeks for a gift day for our work with asylum seekers in Oldham we had a very poor church uh, and we needed a thousand pounds and we thought on a it was our first ever gift day and we thought if we get to 200 we'll be lucky uh, that, that's how it was that would have been amazing uh, and we prayed and fasted prayed and fasted we got we got about 1,100 pounds come in uh, and we rejoiced and danced and cried and laughed and we learned some stuff about holding on to 
God. And then we've seen, oh boy, we've been through our last church before here, go through multi-million pound building projects. You did the same here before our time. We, as I say, we've learned with the, with the lion cubs and the, and the bears. Hey, what's a bear anyway? We've got Goliath now to fight. Uh, and I felt God say, hey, well done with your, with your gift days and things. Uh, well done for giving away 6,000 pounds this year. Do you believe me for the privilege as a church through the year of 2020 of giving away 60,000 pounds? I said, Lord, oh, yeah, I believe you. Help me to believe you. Uh, and so it went on. Do you, do you believe me for the next stage of developing these buildings and these sites God's given us? Yes, I do, Lord. Do you believe me for, for, for feeding and serving and loving and acts and ministries of mercy to multiply out in Crawley way beyond what you've seen in 2020? I said, yes, Lord, I do. I don't know what it looks like, but please help us to believe you. And so our, our 2020 vision was born on a Wizz Air flight. I don't think Wizz Air know how influential they've been in the kingdom of God. We should write them a letter sometime. Um, so it was birthed. I, I sat on it for about six months. Uh, two weeks later, I was at a new ground uh, prayer days with pastors from across our family of churches. And, and on that, the first morning of that, I had two or three other pastors come and prophesy specifically over me about these, particularly over the baptism one, Nathan Lambert from Paris, uh, said to me, there in a, in a, in a, over the next few years, uh, God's challenging you to a goal on baptisms that you would never have dreamed of and you don't even want to accept. I, I told nobody. It was a week after I'd flown back from, from, from Cluj. I, I, just, I just collapsed before the Lord. I said, oh God, this is the one I want to bottle out of more than anything. And, and yet you're, you're underlining it and underlining it. Uh, and so it went on. I don't think I told the, the eldership team and the elders couples until I've, I've got some notes I, fa- I found from May 2016 where I first kind of hesitantly shared it with them, waiting for them to go, what? Um, but they didn't. They said, yes, come on, let's go together. Uh, again, looking back, uh, I've got some stuff uh, here in the back of my Bible, actually. We, we first shared it with, with the church family here uh, in, in, for our week of prayer and fasting in, in January 2017. Everyone that was around then got one of these, uh, like the light bulbs. Do you see the theme um, with some of the goals and the scriptures? And, and since then, really... Um, everything has become, as we've got closer and closer, more and more kind of sharpened into this, this one thing, this one point. It's like the, the kingdom lens that all of our ambitions have, have been clarified through. Um, not only for us as a church, in, in, in everything we're doing is, is kind of, if it doesn't fit this, then it, it's, it's not on our radar. Not only that, but it, I'm finding in my own life just a, a clarity and a purpose. It's starting to bite it's made me very uncomfortable. Um, I've, I've found, and you'll see it in the little uh, booklets here. Let me encourage you to read them through after this morning. Um, and uh, we, we've, we've put in there some three eyes about identifying, investing, and inviting. Just praying for our friends, our family members. I'm finding I'm, I'm praying every day for people that are around my life that don't yet know Jesus. I'm finding, funnily enough, that he's then giving me opportunities to talk about Jesus with people, not just with them, but with others in surprising times and places. I, I've, uh, I've set an alarm on my phone. It's a rooster. Um, and at 1.40 every day at the moment, it's, it, 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 what do roosters do? It cock-a-doodle-doos or what, what do they do? 
No, I'm not going to do it. It erupts at 1.40. Why at 1.40? Because whatever I'm doing at 1.40 every day right now, particularly through these 20 days of prayer and fasting, I just want to stop what I'm doing. I want to come before God with humility and say, Lord, you spoke to me about 140 people. And so at 1.40, I'm just stopping to say, as, as Amy's reminded us, God, I can't do this. <laughs> but I'm believing you for saving, adding, baptizing, making disciples of, of scores and scores of people that don't yet know you. So every day, just stopping and praying in, in that way. It's starting to bite in my life. Every day I'm praying, Holy Spirit, would you just make me alert to what you're saying and doing? I know some of you are looking at me thinking, well, you're, you're a kind of vicar. You're a professional. This is how you live anyway. It hasn't been how I've lived, church. I'm a normal human being just like you. I'm, I'm learning to feel uncomfortable but delighting in responding to the Holy Spirit. I was just chatting with Hannah, who's down serving our kids' church this morning. She said, how's it been the first five days of 2020? And, and we joked a bit. I said, oh, yeah, I haven't have not baptized anyone yet and then I, I realized and I, I, I prayed with two friends that, that, that uh, um, from outside of the church here on Friday that have asked me can I go through the foundations course with you I prayed with them here in my office on Friday afternoon prophesied over them uh, read the scriptures with them they asked would, can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, yes, you can. Laid hands on them and pray for them. I thought, oh, yeah, that, that's quite good at the start of the year. Um, on that day as well, I had an opportunity to talk with two other people that are outside of the church who just asked me questions quite randomly and out of the blue that I was able to just, just respond to, which was wonderful. Um, yesterday, I was able to pray with two or three people that are not part of the church, just connecting around the, the football club. I thought, oh, what a privilege just to share Jesus, just by being open and alert. I think Hannah said earlier, we just have our eyes open. We just listen. That's the kind of church God's making us. Believe me, friends, if he's doing it in me, he can do it in you as well. And I'm still learning. I shared with the guys that were here Friday night for the prayer night launch. On Friday, as I was praying, I was about to go out in the car, and I remembered, oh, the tank's empty. I need to put some petrol in. As soon as that thought came into my head, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to pray for the guy behind the till in the petrol station. He gave me a word of knowledge for him. I thought, yeah, I was really pumped up. Yeah, God, I'm going for it. Um, and, and so I got in the car, went to the petrol station near our house, and I was praying and praying in tongues while I'm filling up the tank. I even put more petrol in than I needed to and I could afford because I was nervous. Uh, and uh, and I, I went into the petrol station. There was a big queue. There were loads of cars at the pumps. I thought, oh, God, I can't do it now. I can't do it now. I, I got to the front of the queue. There's people right up, you know, right up behind me. I thought, oh, I, I can't have this conversation while people are right here like this. Uh, and uh, sorry, you got your best view there of the day. Uh, and uh, so I had a really awkward conversation with the guy behind the till where I tried to engage him in a bit of conversation, ask him a bit about his life. And the people behind me are kind of, you know, they're sort of... <clears throat> uh, and, and the guy behind the till is obviously thinking, just pay for your petrol and go. Um, it was a little bit awkward. And in the end, I thought, oh, I'm just going to go. And so I turned around and said, oh, have a good day, and walked out not having prayed for him, not having said why I was there, um, just feeling like a, like a fraud. Uh, I... I Drove back later thinking, oh, great, I'll go, I'll go later. And it was full again. I kind of walked in the door and walked out again and walked around the forecourt. Um, and I thought, I'm going to be on their CCTV looking like a weirdo. Um, so please hear me when I say, if you think, oh, I could never live this way, I I'm with you. I'm learning. I I'm just going to keep going back there. I'm not going to tell you which petrol station it is. Um, maybe God will speak to you about it as well. We've been learning to ask you know, this time last year, we were looking at some scriptures, you know, that, 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 that stir our kingdom expectation. God, what have you put in my hand? What have you put in my house? What can I give you? What have you gifted me with? 
Where have you placed me? What street, what home, what sports club, what school, college, workplace? What are the next steps I can take? They're the kinds of questions I'm trying to ask by the Spirit. And so we come this morning and Hannah prophesies, open up our doors, open up our church, open up our eyes, open up our lives. Oh, Jesus, please would you do that? Would you just respond with me now, actually? I'm just going to open the scripture. But if, if, any, if any of these stories, good, bad, and, and, and pathetic, are stirring you, if you're like me, teetering on the edge of this, would you just raise your hands now? Lord Jesus, would you come by your spirit and help us? Oh, Lord, we simply want your help. We simply want your fruitfulness. We simply want to line up with what you're doing. Thank you we don't have to strive. Thank you this isn't a race by our own energy, but you call us to refreshing. You gather us and you scatter us. You fill us and you send us. Oh, thank you. We just receive you now. Even over these next few minutes, Lord, would you do something deep in our spirits, we pray, that we might just be something like these kinds of kingdom people. Just say amen. Yeah, well done. Isaiah 54, turn there briefly. I've been living with this. I, I had the privilege of a sabbatical, Cassie and I, in the, in the summer. I spent three days living in community with some Benedictine monks where I read right through Isaiah, wrote down every promise in Isaiah. Isaiah 54 just stuck in my spirit. Uh, we then spent a beautiful day with a prophetic lady, Angela Kem, in Cambridge, and she spent a long time prophesying Isaiah 54 over us and over our, our church. It's, it's just tremendous. We'll barely get a taste of it this morning. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out. You will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. Oh, let me just read one more verse. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. It's, it's an incredible prophetic passage. It's speaking 700 years before Jesus or so of the captivity of God's people Israel, always living in and out of rebellion. They're about to go into exile. They're about to be conquered uh, by the Babylonians. They're going to be taken far from home. They're going to be far from the promises that some of them have held faithfully to in their hearts. And so Isaiah the prophet speaks to a people who are about to go through this, this pain and this exile. He's calling them back to God and he's giving them some comfort through this graphic picture language of a woman who, who doesn't have a husband. I don't know if she's widowed or just unmarried, probably widowed. She's not being able to have children uh, and she's living in a small tent. That's what's happening here. Later on in, in Galatians 4, the Apostle Paul in the, in the New Testament uses this uh, idea, this promise to speak about a promise for the church, for us, for you and me, uh, saying that we're the ones that inherit this. We're the ones that weren't fruitful, but we begin to become Become a bigger people who inherit children from every tribe and tongue and nation on planet earth. That's our DNA church as believers in Jesus. If you come into Christ and come into his church, then this promise that was spoken by Isaiah extends to us 
God's character, God's desire in us, it means we cannot just think about our own situation, our own front room, our own lives. Not even just our own town, uh, but the glorious kingdom of God lifting our heads, spreading us out, opening wide our doors and pushing us into his bigger picture mission to make disciples of every man and woman and child from every language group on planet earth. Something of that was deposited in my heart on that flight back from Cluj. Again, this may seem like a big picture, but as we've just prayed for our own lives and thinking of our own friends, this is your heritage, it's my heritage, it's our DNA, it's our call. Whether you never get beyond the end of your street, whether you never really leave Crawley, or whether you're one of those like me that gets the privilege from time to time of going to other people and other places, every one of us comes into this promise. Every one of our elders' meetings, our leadership team meetings, comes under this promise, is shaped by this promise. Every budget decision we're making right now comes under this promise. Every prayer gathering comes under this promise. Every great bit of discipleship work that we do in kids' church and with youth and with 412, every bit of discipleship in our small group life, all is shaped by this context of Isaiah 54, all the content of our worship songs. What beautiful songs, what scripture songs this morning. It's all caught up in this glorious purpose. We've been positioned here for such a time of this to carry this promise. Sing, O barren woman, verse 1 says. Break out into singing. So the context is God's people are in exile. Uh, The picture of the barren woman is the picture for God's people. Um, You're childless. Things are not going to plan. It hasn't worked out as we thought. Not every seat is full. We haven't yet seen what we've longed for. I was talking with Darren Spill earlier. He was telling me how he was praying for revival 30 years ago. I was with you, Darren, as a young man praying for revival 30 years ago. We haven't yet seen it. We've we've touched... Talked with Mark and Julie about some of the revival stories in a place called Pensacola 25 years ago. And we've touched things. We thought, here we go. And it wasn't quite. And, and, and here we are now saying, oh God, we haven't seen the fruitfulness that we long for. That's been our story. In fact, even since God dropped this in my heart four and a half years ago, if anything, things got more difficult. We've been through some painful uh, work in the, in the ground with little sign of fruitfulness above it over the last three or four years as a church family. And so often, great prophetic promise is followed by a huge challenge uh, that threatens um, our ability to believe it because God's wanting to do something in us and in our character and in our hearts. He wants to make us different men and women as we learn to trust him. And so the context here and, and surely the context for us and churches in the UK is, is this, it's not going to plan. But we've been commanded to praise him and believe him for his promise even though we don't yet have it. Sing. Why would the barren woman sing? You start singing when you get pregnant. You start singing when, you, when you've heard the news, when you know something's already been uh, conceived within you. The command for us is, hey, you don't yet see it, you don't yet know it, but I want you to believe me and start singing as though you already hold this promise in your hands. Am I speaking to anyone this morning or is it just into, into my life? We've received so much prophetic encouragement for this call of the kingdom as we approach 2020. So much spoken over this church. I, I really appreciated the Hebrews series we, uh, we taught through uh, the autumn 
um, Hebrews 11. So, so many times God spoke to me week after week about these inheritance, uh, particularly the Abraham stuff. We're, we're called to take hold of an inheritance that, that isn't yet in our hands. Abraham called to go and make his home in a land where he felt like a foreigner and a stranger, didn't yet feel at home. That's what my life feels like at, at the, the moment. I'm trying to live and walk in kingdom promises that don't yet feel natural or normal. They do for some people in other parts of the world. They don't yet in my life. And, and yet that's where I'm going to make my home. And so I'm going to sing and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to prophesy even though I don't yet fully have it or don't yet fully see it. Even though very few people would recognize I'm currently pregnant with such a promise. When we sing before we have it, something is released in us. Yeah, a gift of faith, certainly joy, a restoration of our hearts. Some of you are weary. Some of you have given up. Some of you have stopped running, stopped believing, whether it's something very personal in your life or your family, whether it is for revival and big, you know, kind of the macro or the micro. Some of you have, have lost your voice, have lost the ability to sing. Can I encourage you in these 20 days, start to sing again. Start to sing the promises again. Start to sing the scriptures again. Would you line yourself up again with the promise? Would you begin to give thanks and declare and just let faith rise again in your hearts? Maybe you want to pray every day with me. The 2020 scriptures that we're focusing on, they're on the website. They're in the brochure. Read them through. Pray them through. Get them in your spirit. There's a song that gets sung at football matches still. Um, Often when, when, when a goal goes in, you sing to the opposing fans. You only sing when you're winning. You've shut up now. You only sing when you're winning. It shouldn't be true of the church. We, we sing before we're winning. We sing before things have been conceived. We've seen something. Like Elijah who saw a cloud the size of a man's hand in, a, in an otherwise blue sky. And it was enough for Elijah to know, I'm going to get ready and run because there's an abundance of rain coming. That's who we are, church. We're a singing people who prophetically begin to declare what God's doing. These, these 20 days of prayer and fasting, I should be hearing a, a collective clearing of throats for those who are about to sing. Why don't you just clear your throat now prophetically? <clears throat> well done. That was lovely. That sounded great on the tape. Uh, just briefly, tape? What? <laughs> it's 2020 now. <laughs> tape? Uh, we'll explain that for the uh, youngsters later um, over lunch. Verse 2, enlarge your tent, stretch out your curtains. Just have a stretch. Oh, stretchy. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Do not hold back. Okay, we are not passive church. Along with prophetic singing comes some prophetic action. We take hold. We steward some things in faith. We develop practices that help us develop faith and action. There's a preparation for this growth God is promising that isn't necessary right now. Why, Why prepare for growth? We've still got empty seats. No, God has said something. We cannot remain as we are. And therefore, in faith, we begin to lengthen and strengthen and, and build and structure. This, this woman uh, who has no husband, who lives on her own, who has no family, who lives in a one-room tent she's told make a bigger living space make a bigger tent stretch out the curtains of your tent put stakes further away in the ground why should I I have no husband I have no chance of having a child but I'm going to make a bigger space I'm going to build myself a big family home even though I'm a single woman living on her own she gets on with it even though she doesn't need to it's time for us church for you and me to move out of a studio flat 
to move out of being surrounded only by our own concerns and to invest in, in building a big family home, even before we are ready for it. We are an up, in, and out kingdom people. We're growing in the love of God, in love for one another, but also shaped to reach in love those who don't yet know Jesus. And to us, the command is extend your tent, build a bigger home. These 2020 goals reflect something of that urgent prophetic call. And so with songs of joy and faith in our hearts, we make room. That's strategic. It's prophetic. It's also very personal. There'll be things God's speaking to you about right now, about where you need to make room in your life in order to respond to prophetic things he's saying. But as far as we are able to, knowing that there are many things that are in God's hands, that are his responsibility, but as far as we're able to, we obediently usher some things in, in faith, by preparing in this way. So we've been doing lots behind the scenes as a team and as a, as a church. Yeah, there are only things God can initiate. But for those who hear his voice, there are steps of faith and obedience that we take. Um, faith without works is dead, James tells us. So we have some works to go with a measure of faith that God has given us. How, how we meet, how we do our Sunday meetings. Just wanting to say, God, I want to pray for the sick every Sunday when we're together as a church. I want to learn here if I'm going to stand any chance out there. Inviting people, follow Jesus Sunday after Sunday. I want to learn that in here as well if I'm going to stand any chance of being courageous out there in that way. Hearing stories every week, as we've done this morning from, from Hannah, of, of where you and I have, have just been listening to God and have stepped out in serving or loving people in Crawley. This is all part of the extension work that we operate in, in faith. It's putting our faith in action. And for us, just thinking as, as, as teams, oh, further down the line, one day, Lord, are you, does, does it mean things like a, a second site, a second meeting? Does it mean more church planting? What, what are the kingdom plans you're speaking about with our children, our teenager, our adults, our leadership development, our small group, our, our alpha courses, our, our monthly baptisms, more homes opening up, more faces around us, new races, new languages, the new communities around Crawley and Hall. The scattering part of our lives. God, what are you saying? What does it mean for us to, to think and extend and stretch out in that way? We're called to go singing and stretching into every strata of our society with an expectation that the kingdom bears fruit wherever we go. Well, it's big stuff, isn't it? And yet you and I are caught up in it. So that this, this, this prophetic plan means you and I take action for new people, new faces, new races, the next town. Yeah, other places in the UK, other relationships, even strengthening partnerships in other nations. It means we, practically, it means some of us might even try and learn new languages. I've been, spent two years, my, the app on my phone told me, trying to learn Portuguese badly. There are over five billion people on the planet that don't speak English as a first or second language. If we're serious about this call, some of us need to be learning other languages. We need to teach our children other languages. We need to encourage them to do languages at school because we're kingdom people who stretch out and carry the DNA of the kingdom. Some of us need languages not just to go to another nation, but to, to talk to our friends that work opposite us or, or live next door or down our street. What does this prophetic promise mean for you and for I in our lives? Wow. It defines how we steward our finances into mission rather than maintenance. Even our trustees meetings, they've got a really stretchy feel at the moment. They kind of like for our trustees meetings. It's painful. Oh, it's hard when stuff stretches. You just want to go back to how it was. But God's giving us actually a new wineskin to believe in for bigger promises. In every way, this promise of Isaiah 54 defines us. 
What about you? What are you praying and dreaming for? What are you singing and shaping? Oh, God, even my finances. We've been, we've been as a family, just quietly preparing for two years for giving away money this year. We've got the first of our of probably three gift days this year in 2020. Early February, I think, we've, we've penciled it in for. What does that mean for you and me? Some of you have maybe have been squirreling money away for years for this. Some of you maybe are only thinking, oh, I didn't know anything about that. Just thinking about it now. Hey, it doesn't matter. What's God saying to you? What does it mean for you to stretch out, to lengthen your cords, to put stakes in the ground, to take action that, that puts uh, uh, this faith into process? Wow. All this is done with the promise in mind, so we don't hold back. Church, let me just say before we finish, we, we're not waiting for the right conditions. No, nothing changed when, we, when the, the clock ticked over into 2020. The, the conditions haven't changed. Um, I think the D-Day landings were moved a few times, weren't they? Because they were just waiting for the right weather, the right sea, the right sky and cloud cover, all that kind of stuff. If we keep looking out of our window waiting for the right day, it's never going to happen. Uh, the right conditions are never going to come. It's, it's true for you in any area of your life, in your work, in the decisions you make. If you want any change in your life, you can have this for free this morning. Anything you, you think, I'd love to do that with my time, my money, learn a language, my fitness. I'd love to study something. I'd love to develop a habit or undevelop a bad habit. Hey, there's always a reason to say, I can't do that right now. But the conditions are never right. I've said it all. God, I'll just get through this next stage. God, I'll just wait till I can sort out my finance in the next few months. I'll just wait till I get that promotion, the next job. I'll just wait till I get married. Maybe someone said, I'll just wait till I get divorced. I'll just wait till I buy a home. I'll just wait till my kids have grown a bit older. I'll just wait till my kids have left home. I'll just wait till I've retired. Hey, come on, we'll wake up and find it's 2030 already. And God said he's moving now. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, now is the day of God's favour. Now is the time of salvation. We don't wait for the right conditions. We don't hold back. We sing and we structure even before we feel ready. We do it from our barrenness. Isaiah says earlier on, do you not perceive it? Do you not recognise it? I am already doing a new thing. So we don't hold back. We get up and go now. Wow. Church, this is bigger than we thought. Uh, I, I won't carry on with the next verse. Maybe we'll just do that for five minutes tonight. Uh, don't worry about the numbers on here. I think the numbers matter, but the numbers don't matter. M my response, my heart matters. You know, I've been praying, Lord, if we only baptise five people through 2020, but if every single one of us, man, woman, boy and girl, has grown in confidence in living and sharing the gospel and has had a go in participating in that, then we will have seen real kingdom fruitfulness. That's real success, not numbers. And we'll change the town, no doubt about it. If we don't see loads healed yet this year, but we're all growing in being ready to pray and bless wherever we are and whatever circumstances, we'll change the town and God will put fruit that we'd never have imagined in our hearts as disciples. So the numbers are important, but they just pull us into a bigger question. How, how do I become a kingdom-carrying disciple? And everything that we've heard this morning thus far is helping us lean into that. If, if we just tick a few of these off through doing big events and uh, employing skilled leaders, then we will have missed the mark. This is a moment for us, for you and I. Nudge the person next to you. Wake them up. This is for you. We all get to inhabit this new place. We all get to move into a new house. We all get to grow. Uh, the watermark gets to go up. We get to, to, to take new territory and not give back the ground we've taken by the end of this year. So our application this year, how do I become? Never mind today, but this year, 
How do I become a card-carrying Isaiah 54, believing, singing, stretching, not holding back, kingdom kind of disciple? What does it look like in my life, in my family, with my friends, in my small group, with the kids team I serve on, with the, the church team I serve in? What does it look like in my workplace, the place where I volunteer in the town, the gym I go to, the people I mix with in my leisure time, the, co- the cafe I drink in? What does it mean for you and me to be this kind of kingdom people? Let me finish with this and just stand up as I say this. Uh, I read a quote this week uh, from a a church leader called Alan Scott. He said, uh, God is not offended when we ask for more. Yeah, thanks, Joe. God's not offended when we ask for more, only when we settle for less. I, I just confess I've had years in my life as a follower of Jesus where I've settled for less, where I've settled for comfort. God's not offended when we ask for more, only when we settle for less. Wow, Lord, we just repent of being stuck and settled. We, we're just responding to your call this morning. We don't even know how we're going to do it, but we just want to line up with you. We want to align ourselves with you. We're looking for your fruitfulness, but we dare to put our lives in the way of your promise and say, would you pick us up in this flow and carry us through and out with all that you're doing? We, we do invite you to work in our lives in that way, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just express that in your own words in some way. I'm just going to invite you to a specific response as we sing a song in a moment. But just to say, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus or you've not been baptised as a follower of Jesus, I I want to invite you to come and see me or one of the other leaders in the next few minutes. We want to help you follow Jesus. That's your first step in coming to any of these promises. If you've not been baptised and you're a follower of Jesus, your next step in obedience is being baptised. We want to talk to you about that as well before we have our next baptisms. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just speak to every heart now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just going to invite every one of you that wants to participate in this, whether you feel weak and vulnerable like I do, or whether you're a super expert and pumped up and ready for action, we're just going to do something very simple and physical and prophetic. If you're able to move, I'm going to invite you to move. We just have the elders, couples. Um, are you able to grab that, Chris? Thank you. I just, it, it all comes from abiding in Jesus and receiving his simple anointing that, that comes from receiving the Holy Spirit and carrying it away. We gather, we scatter. We gather, we scatter. We've sung this morning about opening doors. I'm just going to invite you... Um, Gordon, could you just open those rear fire doors? We're going to open these ones as well. If you say, Lord, I don't know how to do it, but help me carry this. We're going to invite you as we sing this song to come. We're just going to anoint your hands with oil. And you're going to, walk, you're going to take a prophetic step. Walk with me prophetically. We're going to walk out these doors. Um, what that signifies is, Lord, I'm carrying this. Whatever it is you're giving me, I'm going to carry it out into the world. You're allowed to come back in the back doors, by the way. And we'll just celebrate together uh, before we go get children, drink tea and coffee. Look, I, I, don't, I don't care how vulnerable you feel in it. Come and receive something today. Let today be the start of something in your life. I believe as you receive this oil, it symbolizes a strong anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit falls on believers, he changes something in our hearts. If you want to be changed from the inside out and begin to dare to walk in this stuff, come now. We're going to dab some oil on your hands. If you can't walk outside, come anyway. If you're in a wheelchair or you're wobbly on your feet, we'd love to just touch you with oil anyway. God knows your heart. Come now.